Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? and get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAMI's group chats help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Wow. Lots going, (laughs) lots to talk about today. Um, Mostly, like, really good things. Um, Yeah. Really good things. New for for this this channel. Yeah. It was a big news weekend. I actually listened to the uh, NPR Up First, their Saturday edition which wow, i don't usually listen on saturday i usually weekend, give yeah. myself uh i usually give myself saturday to not listen to up first but i said so much is going on i've got to listen to up first on saturday simply must also because friday <laughs> was just a day of it wasn't a big uh news consumption day other than the two the two headlining stories of the day which were taylor's version of red and britney is free Okay, I know we're going to get to it, but um, I think that while we say, oh, these aren't political, you know, these aren't political, I think the personal is political, as we were just saying. (laughs) So we can talk about how these actually are political stories, you know. Hugely political stories. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. 100%. Political. Yeah. So before we get into this uh, headline this morning, breaking news, Beto O'Rourke has announced a run for governor of Texas. Woo! Big news. People saw Deja this coming. Vu. But I know. Yeah. I know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad that Beto has finally gotten here. He took a detour. We'll see if it cost him, <laughs> but I'm glad that he is getting here. I like Beto. I would really like to see him as the governor of Texas. That would, would be love. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I also think it's like good that he's not running against Ted Cruz again because like I couldn't watch him lose to Ted Cruz again. No. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know if there's like anything that he could do the second time around to win that race. Mm-hmm. That he didn't do the first time when he was like super exciting as a candidate. Um, I don't know. We'll see how the governor, the governor's race governor goes. goes. Um, what What did you uh, think his detour was? At least running for president. That was a, that was yeah. The I think, and it's like I don't even actually blame him. Like people always are like he was so dumb for doing that, and I like don't even everybody really, was doing it. Every first of all, everyone was doing it. Second of all. Let's not forget that literally everyone was begging him to do it, like not a couple months before. So I think the Vanity Fair cover, I think, was not good. Um, His like Vanity Fair launch, I think, was a stepping point. And it ultimately like it wasn't a campaign that did well. My so I think like I would have loved to have seen him run for the other Texas Senate seat. And still, oh, instead, right, right. and perhaps maybe be in the Senate at this time, because wouldn't it be great if we had another Senate seat? And that's why yeah, we better O'Rourke. Yeah. 
He only lost um, to Ted Cruz by three points in 2018. It, it was, I mean, he came so, so, so close. Like it is, there are, it always feels like, oh, once you lose, it's like done. But it's like, no, people in the past, like have lost seats, won them back, like lost elections, won the same election many, totally. like two years later. It's like that happens in politics often. So it's not crazy. I think the biggest thing against him is that I just can't imagine a more animated base than the 2018 midterm base against Trump. And so it's like for him to not only like meet that level, but also get the two more points like it's going to it's going to be tough. Well, okay, I on some level. I feel like it only in in hindsight are we like oh that was a dumb presidential run because mm-hmm. if you're him or you're in his his uh his um you know his team or whatever you're thinking like oh Beto is Obama and we just have to like push him there and um, also like which everyone he, was yeah. tweeting Beto is Obama <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they're like, seeing a million tweets a day being like he's right. Obama <laughs> like it's so it wasn't like a delusional it wasn't a del- delusional campaign like I will say that like there are some people I'm like oh you shouldn't why are you doing this like I well, he underperformed he in that campaign person. yeah he didn't have great debate performances remember I think there was one where he did well but there was just a couple I mean but then he had so many shiny I think he was that, the like, first was- one to do the Spanish thing yes where you where the Democrat <laughs> where in the primary every candidate like trotted out their Spanish. It's like Bader Dude. actually does speak Spanish, but it's like fluently. Let's But like your last name is O'Rourke and there's 18 people on the stage. Like, come on. Yeah, and Julian Castro is like actually legitimately standing next to you. And yeah. then like I remember like Cory Booker started speaking Spanish and I was just like, <laughs> This I, I like this is really not what we need yeah. to be happening. I know. I was really worried Michael Bloomberg was gonna start. Be- better work I almost he he kind of reminds me of Kamala in the way mm-hmm. that like there's like a lot of enthusiasm and they have their moments where you're like oh they're amazing and then sometimes it just like doesn't quite like get to that Obama level is like the only mm-hmm. way I can describe it is like that level where it's like the vision doesn't always match the charisma with him mm-hmm. yeah I think it part of it is a lack of vision no offense like I think he's great but he doesn't have that and maybe it's part of its timing but he doesn't have that like vision message to match his person mm-hmm. who, you know, the can't like his persona as the candidate. And it's like they they I feel the same way about Kamala, where it's like, oh, they're great. They get to like this level, but then there's like it almost just sort of like can't it like hits the ceiling and it falls apart. And like yeah. you're really disappointed because you really like them and you know that they have the potential to be that person, but something about it just falls apart either like within the team or with the pert the candidate i don't you know they yeah they're yeah, like the opposite of the clutch pitcher in baseball yeah. <laughs> there's this saying and i'm i might be getting it wrong but it's like republicans fall in line but democrats want to fall in love and like you really yeah. like like it's funny for us to always be like are they Obama? When it's like, okay, Obama <laughs> was kind of like a once, like he was like a uniquely special <laughs> individual yeah. as far as, I'm not saying he was a perfect president. I'm saying he was a uniquely special individual to become America's first black president. <laughs> like, And yeah. he had to be like a near perfect politician. Right. Like he, to stick but, that yeah. landing that he did and be not only the first black president, but reelected, Again, you know, like 
all the whole the whole shebang to not be to be not be run out with scandals like he had to be a uniquely deft politician in a way that like we might not see someone like that come through all the time well, I also think it was just like a different time. We were coming off of like eight years of Bush and the Iraq war and like things were clearly going poorly. And I think Obama at the time like represented the highest level of like celebrity excitement yeah. for the Democratic Party. And now the Democratic Party is not as united, I think, as it was at that point because like it was sort of that post-Bush era unity, <laughs> which made a lot of sense at the time. But also like just – Media was different. The The whole landscape was different. There was not a tea party yet, which brought things to another level. But, <laughs> but at the same time, Certainly. we're still holding the Democratic candidates to the Obama level of, yeah, like, amazingness. And I think that that is maybe our mistake. I mean, I did just start this whole thing by comparing <laughs> to Obama. But, <laughs> but it's hard. That's the thing but, is that it's like you want to because that's our like metric for success now is like, are they Obama? As inspiring as Obama. And it's like you have to wonder, like, where is that person going to come from? Because you ha- let's say you had someone that expiring, inspiring as a progressive. Like, how are you going to get that whole middle of the party like on that page? So – it just feels like such we'll a, again, when we see structural him. asymmetries that fuck us over. Well, I think and when Beto runs, it really just depends. I mean, I think he'll have a similar playbook because before he ra- he ran against Ted Cruz and now he's running, he's going to run against Greg Abbott. And they're like similarly, they have the same sort of villain status that he is really good at at uh, being a foil to. Like already during the snowstorms, he was actually doing things, yes. trying to get people to safety, whereas the governor – was not very visible. And Ted Cruz, who he's not going to run against, was obviously flying to Cancun. So like, <laughs> Beto's yeah. such a Gryffindor in that way. Yeah, he totally. is. But <laughs> Trump won Texas by six points. And Republicans gained even more support among Hispanic Americans. So it's definitely, it's definitely an uphill battle. But I think like, it's just as important to keep running these people to like expand the window of what people think is possible. So it's not just like so crazy every time. Like, oh, a Democratic governor of like, now it's not that crazy to run a Democrat against Ted Cruz because Beto got so close. So it really opens the door. Like, I think I think like Julian Castro is probably going to run against Ted Cruz. That would be great. That would be great. And also, like, make these even if even if he's not successful, make these fuckers run a tough campaign. Yeah. Like, make them make them work for this shit and like get them on the record saying things you know and like make them explain their policies in public you know like this greg abbott's gonna have to debate beto now and he's gonna have to answer for some of the stuff he's done and like explain to the state how he let them freeze to death like not not long ago he froze them like what is going on there (laughs) <laughs> Why but, are there bounty hunters hunting women? Abortion is literally banned in Texas right now. Yeah, like, like it's, it's completely banned. It's also, that. you know, there's a value to, again, it's why we talk about primarying people sometimes. It's not always just to win. Sometimes it's to be like, okay, but also I'm going to now force you to go around and explain yourself to people. And you have to run a campaign now and you're not just going to sit back on your laurels and just expect everybody to fall in line and vote for you and for you to soar back into re-election. 
Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interests they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying, he loves airplanes, he loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. We're experiencing a very intense, very accelerated, it feels like, golden age in like content and justice for a lot of these early 2000s, 2010s icons. Britney Spears as a Friday is free and in charge of her life nearly. I think I think it's effective immediately. Taylor Swift owns is. her most iconic album. Jessica mm-hmm. Simpson owns her name. Adele is back and divorced and in charge of her life. <laughs> Paris Hilton, on the contrary, is married. And Lindsay Lohan is staging another comeback. So there's a spectrum of like – There's a spectrum there. I mean, I don't know if Lindsay Lohan and and Paris Hilton necessarily have as much goodwill as as Britney Spears and Taylor Swift, but a lot is happening. And some of it came out of nowhere. Some of it we knew it was coming, but it's been emotional for me. I just feel like I really felt like this whole, like, I don't know, like there must have been something in in the planet alignment or whatever. I I was going to ask you the astrology person. (laughs) Like, like something happened. It's amazing because. And Amanda, I said this to you this morning, so I will repeat my theory now, is that like this weekend saw like the revenge of all the shitty ways that these very high profile women, like the high profile women of the early 2000s were treated within like what they've all gotten back this past weekend. You really see like all the sort of elements that make like a free woman that like feminists want to be available to us to have to have be our choices like Britney literally got her freedom over her body back you know this whole thing with the IUD she's going to be able to like take it out now she got freedom to drive freedom over her finances Taylor got back like the the financial benefits of her own work like mm-hmm. what else do we have uh Jessica Simpson. So Jessica Simpson, I didn't know about this yesterday, but she basically, I'll explain what happened there. Where are my notes on? Oh, yeah. So she announced on Friday, Jessica Simpson, same day this all went down, that she had successfully bought back the, so there was 60% of her brand, the Jessica Simpson collection, that she didn't own. So basically, I think when she licensed it originally in 2005, she didn't own it all. The company that did sold it in 
2015. And then that group filed for bankruptcy and started selling off their brand. So she and her mom, who owned the company, were finally able to buy it completely. So now that she owns 100% of that. And she just, she go look at her Instagram post. She like, yeah. so also details what she had to go through to get to this, but also like huge for her. Jessica Simpson has been through a lot. I actually she's really want to read her autobiography. Yeah. yeah, she's she also complete, somebody who's been reframed recently. Yeah. And can we say fuck John Mayer? Fuck oh, John yeah. Mayer. Have to. <laughs> a lot of, for a fuck lot of things. John Mayer. Yeah. <laughs> fuck John Mayer. I mean, even, even Paris getting married, like she's married at 40 and, you know, Paris Hilton, you know, she's in her, she's an icon in her own way, but like for her, like getting to marriage with like a guy who she seems to really like after being engaged four times is like an expression of her own power and like how she chooses to have her future. And like that really is the story of these of these news headlines is that all of these women are getting got their power back like on the same day. Totally. And all, yeah. and all the ways that men try to take away power from women, they all got it back. And it's just yeah. so lovely. And <laughs> it's I, crazy. It's really, it feels like, the culmination of um, this kind of, I know a lot of women our age who were like young and looked up to these other women. Cause I would, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, Taylor's like right our age, but like Brittany, Taylor and Adele are our age, but like Brittany, Paris, Lindsay, Jessica, like they're all, they were like, we looked up to them. They were like yeah. the adult girls, like, like, young women that we looked up to, they were like 10 years older than us, et cetera. So I know for me, obviously this past couple of years has been this enormous feminist education in the world, right? Yeah. And it made me re-examine like all of the fucking disgusting bile that I was fed by the media about different women. And it made me re-examine how I thought about literally every single one of these people because I was definitely someone who fed into, and I've said this many times, but I fed into the like, Britney's crazy. Taylor is crazy. She writes about her boyfriends too much. Britney's dumb. Like um, Jessica Simpson's also dumb. They're all slutty. Da da da. And I just like took all of that in for so long. Me too. I one hundred percent did. I mean, that also is like you know, ten years ago we were mm-hmm. hesitant. You know, I don't know if this goes for everyone, but like I myself was hesitant to be like I'm a feminist, loud and proud. It was like no, I believe yeah. everyone should be equal. That's not a feminist. Like I'm a humanist. You know, yeah, exactly. Like it's it was I completely agree with you. Like we were fed mm-hmm. narratives about these women and like to believe that, you know, you also saw it with like when they would gain weight and lose weight and mm-hmm. that really affected like I mean me personally, tons of women. Absolutely. You know, I'm, not, I'm hardly alone in that. Like oh, yeah. the way that the media treated these women and ultimately what they took away from them with the stories that the media narrated about them is so like I can't even believe or I can't believe, but I regret that I was like part of pushing those narratives. Like, obviously, we were like, I remember watching Taylor perform Mean at the Grammys and being mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, like, we're so mean to Taylor. She must hate us. <laughs> like, But she was so annoying at the time. <laughs> I know. But remember when like everybody took Kanye's side? Or like a lot of people. I mean, took well, Kanye's yeah, because they had the because they had that recording that Kim released. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, and I totally I fed into so much of and it's it's really interesting because I've been thinking about it a lot with Taylor Swift because I've been like very much in red and red came out when I first moved to New York. And so I was like very nostalgic in general. But it's so funny because I love the album Red. I listened to that album and a lot, 
But if you talked to me about Taylor Swift at that time, I would have been like, love her music, but she's annoying. Same. That was literally. Love her music, like, but she's like, annoying. And the thing yeah. is, if I look back and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to say the thing that sounds so like, like it's a funny thing to say, but the things that I hated <laughs> about Taylor Swift at that time were things that were I things hated, hated about myself. myself. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like, same. Me and too. It's that I was like, it, like I was like, oh, she likes boys too much, and she's too emotional. Meanwhile, I'm totally. in my room crying over some improv potato that I'm in love with <laughs> from my class. <laughs> like, no, Elise, you're so right. Like, I, and I actually had that thought while I was watching Miss Americana like two years ago mm-hmm. or whatever, or a year, whatever that was. Like, that was the exact thought I was having. Like, I feel like I was like Taylor when mm-hmm. she was like herself. Like, when she was doing all that like bullshit squad shit, I was like criticizing that while at the same time being like so deep and proud of my own squad and thinking yes, that like made 100%. me superior. Like, like why was one hundred percent and and almost because we were born the same like I was I'm a, I yeah. was born nineteen and we're all around the same age like yeah. I really felt like I was going through those changes while she was but I was too blind to see that I was like the same like I was also getting so much security from like my friends and like mm-hmm. you know desperate for boys who were like who you knew for a minute and like yeah, well, yeah. everybody hates themselves in their early 20s when you look back at your early yeah. mid 20s we all cringe so of course it's no wonder we were like cringing yeah. at her and we were constantly weighing like what we would have done and how like just judging every single yeah. thing that she, she was did. also she was also not like willing to get political at the time and then right we also got more political and she did as well like it took her obviously like a thing a little longer cuz she had so many more factors to consider but like I really do feel like such a kinship with the evolution that she went through. And I feel like I really went through the same. I feel like that's why this like re-release was so unexpectedly emotional. Because like, it's like, Sam and I, it's like a nostalgia for like the deep sadness that like you would, you know, feel when some improv potato goes (laughs) through. And it's just sort of like a nostalgia. It's like, oh, thank God I'm not there anymore. But like that poor girl. And like checking your phone, mm-hmm. seeing how long it's been since the answer, like mm-hmm. all that shit, like is the stuff of her songs. Yeah. And it was just so it was interesting because I watched her interview on Seth Myers talking about the re-release and like talking about herself yeah. as a 31 year old woman going back and doing it herself. And she was saying like actually way better this time because the last time I released this album I was actually sad about all of these things on the album and like I was really fucking going through it and so like I was doing all these interviews about the album and like getting bummed out and feeling really shitty and like having all this self-doubt and like it was great like I was like you know it came from a real place so she's like so it's nice to be able to go back and now just do all the interviews and talk about the music and be removed from yeah what I, had happened. I can also, also completely relate to that. Like, I remember, like, early on in, like, Betches when we were, like, first seeing, like, success and getting, like, press write-ups or doing, mm-hmm. like, interviews or whatever. I remember thinking, like, oh, my – like, oh, my God, this is, like, it. But then I would go home between things and, like, cry over some thing, you right. know? Like, just mm-hmm. – it was the same, like, early 20s, like, lost, you know, nothing can really – you know, every – Everything was tainted by, like, your sad emotions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the other things that, like, I would have said about Taylor is, like, oh, she, like, 
seems like a try hard or whatever, but it's like I was trying that word. We were trying. I was trying my heart at the time where I was. I couldn't have been trying harder, (laughs) like to do do this thing and meet people and be friends and be cool and get into comedy and all this stuff. So it's like. It really is. It was like, almost like she was outing us at the time. It was like, yeah, no, and don't I tell couldn't. These boys. I was like, we're no. so obsessed with them. Yeah, we're no. not like that. The fact that she's able to harness that emotion is like and put it into the most beautiful lyrics with the most the way she sings them. Like, I, I know, I'm in love. Like, I'm in love. Yeah, I, don't with her. I, ever <laughs> I don't think I ever bothered. I don't think I ever bothered to like even read the lyrics. Oh my god. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. As we're talking, I wonder if there's something about the reason that this this set of stories feels so cathartic is because they almost like they almost absolve us too because we all played a role in the narratives that did that to Britney. We all played mm-hmm. a role in the narratives that made Taylor Swift for a period such a punching bag. We played yeah. into those narratives with Paris Hilton and now we're sort of like, "Whew, okay." Like, well, we were like I'm not 18. guilty anymore. Yeah, of course. You know what true. I mean? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, what is an 18-year-old that patriarchal was, narratives as well? They're they're patriarchal, but it's not like, like, okay, let's say we were like 18, 20 around this time, whatever, 20, you know, around that age. But that was after 20 years of being fed media narratives of the, it's not like, oh, it just popped up one day. Like we're going to treat Taylor Swift and Britney and all these women like shit. It was like the media narratives built from the eighties. Not, not, you know, it wasn't like just happening. I've thought so much about this too, in terms of like comedy and like, Like when I first started writing about pop culture and stuff, it's like, who were the role models that you were actually writing about pop culture from? It was Perez Hilton. Like you were the, the, like the model for success was this like super mean, like even like I try to think back about all the pop cultural commentary I watched as a kid. And it's like these, um, these tabloids that I see on the side of a newsstand that are like, who looks like shit in a bikini? Da, da, da. Yeah. Or Perez Hilton, who's literally circling pictures of people and being like fat, ugly, whatever. Cocaine. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, even and I'm not even saying that all of these things are necessarily bad, but you look at like, I don't know, stuff like Tosh.0, the fashion police, like totally. the, everything was about shitting on people and shitting and on celebrities. 
And if you didn't, people would shit on you. Like, exactly. Remember, like, like it, the the well, yeah. It's like Chris Cocker saying, "Leave Britney alone." Everyone was like, "You're the stupidest person in the world for loving or caring about Britney Spears yeah. or for having an emotional reaction." And it's like it was kind of this. I don't know. It's part of. And again, this is a show that I loved and still have much love for today. But like, it's that South Park comedy world of like, if someone's a celebrity, especially a female celebrity who's known as sexy in any way, she is a lamb for slaughter. You can say anything about her because she actually like she's hot and sexy. So you should be able to say whatever you want about her and like, fuck her, da da da. And I think it took a really long time for me personally, probably till my mid twenties to like really start getting that like bile and like gross stuff out of me because that's what I was taught was how you talk about celebrities and women in power. Honestly, it was the 2016 election like that. That that switched it. I think like like I think that there's I think that that is really where it switched, and that's why it took five years after that for these women to actually like get results. But Mm -hmm. no, at least like I completely, I completely see your point that like this was what we were fed, and this is like what was what you were supposed to like. That was what we thought women should be judged by because we were Mm -hmm. grew up. You know, I was on Weight Watchers at age 12. Like, you know, so my life directly reflected those tabloids that were like, look who looks bad in their bikini. Yeah. And it's like, Britney that's Spears being two reinforced after birth, from everywhere. She looks right. terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's what's being reinforced everywhere. And like, my mom was the one who was like, put me on Weight Watchers because she was like, this is the, you know, that was what to. she was told. You have to be thin. Like, it, yeah, this is just because how it was telegraphed to you that like you will not be happy unless you are thin and unless you have all these like unless all the boys have crushes on you, which is why I almost feel like Taylor tried to build her like first half of her career on that. Like if you notice, really like 2016 was sort of a switch for her mm-hmm. with like reputation. Like it, it it wasn't about her love life anymore, and maybe mm-hmm. that was because she had yeah. that like Kanye thing, but. She be I like almost forgot that people cared about her love life so much because once I I got into her like kind of like 1989 and after like when she became like more of a serious artist. So I almost forgot that that was like what her the whole yeah. first half of her career was about. Yeah, it was just about like the boyfriends and all of like who's it about and da 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 and it's. I don't know. It's just been really, really interesting to like look back at all this stuff and like even going back to the body stuff we were just talking about. Like, so on the one hand, it's like, oh, you have to be on Weight Watchers to be thin. Right. Mm -hmm. But then if you get if you get the body, which like I would say probably the ideal body of the early 2000s was Britney Spears. Nicole Richie. Nicole Nicole, Richie. Nicole Richie, too. But like Britney, Jessica Simpson, if you get this body, then everyone is going to sexualize you every single second. You're going to be made into an idiot, dumb, skanky, whatever. Just where it's like, it's so sad because you look back at like interviews with young Britney and like, yes, she's always used to be very sexy in her music videos and all this stuff. But like these interviews with her, she's like the most innocent little thing. She didn't choose to be sexy in her music videos. They created that image for her. Like, yeah, I don't think she was like, let me like wear as little as possible. Like they changed her voice. They were like, you should sing in this register because it sounds more like. Well, this is and 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 I think this is why. Yeah, this is why this moment is so gratifying, because with all of these stories, you can trace the the origins of these women's like 
pain and like agony to men. Like Jessica Simpson, Jessica Simpson was manipulated by capitalists to basically not own her name. Britney Spears' dad did this to her in a system that is based in a lot of patriarchy and paternalism. It was able to get control of her life. Taylor Swift, I mean, all of the, like, everything we've been talking about comes from a place of hating women and misogyny. Mm -hmm. So to see these, like, the rejection of this, I feel like this comes from the past couple years. I think you're right, Sammy, like, since the Trump administration. Like, the New York Times documentary about Britney is specifically called Reframing Britney Spears. But, like, there's been, you know, there's been, like, Jessica Simpson's like biography. Like finally, we're seeing all the things. Paris Hilton's it's, documentary yeah. too. It's almost like the true crime genre has like blown has has like expanded to everything, where everybody is skeptical yeah. about everything, and everyone's convinced there's this conspiracy with everything, which is good and bad. But it's like sometimes there are. Well, another piece of this I actually think was like social media, particularly Instagram, because also Instagram blew up like 2014, 2015. 20, really, like, celebrities started getting personal on Instagram, like, mm-hmm. the 2017s, I would say. Like, they, were, they weren't, like, the same as they are now where they use it to control their image. So prior to that, it was all tabloids, press releases, publicists. The narratives were not driven by the celebrities. They were driven by the media, like, mm-hmm. the pop culture media. Right. And so that, I think, was also a huge factor in that – you were just kind of at the mercy of like these editors or these bloggers. Like you weren't, you couldn't release your own state. Like you could release a statement, yeah. but it wasn't like notes app apology. These it was are up my to them words. whether or not they were going to cover it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you couldn't go live on Instagram yeah. and be like, this is my thing. And like, even if, I don't know, like you can see a celebrity cry as a result of their comments. Like Lizzo Lizzo has posted being like, I'm really down about stuff people has said about me. And it like teaches you that like these people do see this stuff and it does hurt them. And I think we kind of grew up in this world of like, you can say whatever you want about celebrities because they're celebrities and they have money and they have power. So you can say whatever you want about them and fuck them. And like, especially if they're women, like just you can say anything about them. And now it's like, no, they're humans and they've shown us their human side, some of them. And like, we're just rethinking how we've treated them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's long overdue. And if I were a man, I'd be a little nervous about this. But I don't know if they realize that. I think they don't they don't get it. But <laughs> yeah, that's their yeah. I know sometimes part of this, I've, I've genuinely been thinking like, I kind of feel bad for Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, I worry that people are going <laughs> to attack feel a him. Bad for Jake and Gyllenhaal. I just try to think about like, I don't know, I've just been like consuming a lot of Monica Lewinsky content and she's very anti-bullying. And so I'm like, this is not... He's become so hated that I think any moment now he will announce his run for the Republican nomination. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not like looking at this like, oh my God, Jake Gyllenhaal definitely was so bad. Like maybe, no, I don't. Just insert any hot guy you dated for three months in your early 20s. And we all have that guy. Yeah, I think that Jake Gyllenhaal was kind of a dick, but I don't think that he, like, I think he should have gone to her birthday. I don't think he should have dropped her (laughs) hand at the party. I think, like, give her a scarf But if he had known that, that he'd be be regretting (laughs) 10 years later. He, I think that, like, you know, whatever, like, you're dating an artist, you're dating a singer-songwriter, maybe you as 
the 30 year old man who was dating her didn't realize that you were dating an artist and a singer songwriter, but that's what happened. I don't think that Taylor's presenting him as a monster in any way. Not I think at she all. has a right to like her experiences and to write about them because they were formative. Exactly. Yeah, like, singer or songwriter is a drama queen. Like you have to yeah, have I, a flair for the dramatic to have that. Musicians anyway. are very intense humans. Yeah, they're like, very, yeah. very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen people also at the point that Red came out, Taylor was already known for writing about her relationships. So like he knew what he was getting into. Whatever. They had a shitty older guy, young girl relationship. I felt very connected to the 10 minute music video because right around that time, I also went upstate with an older man who oh my was, gosh. he didn't drop my hand, but dropping a hand like things occurred. So I felt very uh, vindicated Small by the betrayals. video. But at the same time, it's like, it's not, you know, she's not, uh, he's not canceled. She's not, it's not a me right. too situation that happened here. Like, <laughs> that's why it's like bothersome to me that like these people are going so crazy on his like, his Instagram, like, relax. It's it's a joke. Like, it's one thing to joke yeah. about the scarf and a meme. It's a total other to be like, what did you do to Taylor? It's like, she's fine. She's very clearly yeah. fine. Yeah. Oh, she's it's not like she's not an abuser. Basically, no, like, he, right. you know what I mean? He was like a shitty guy who dated a younger girl and was mean to her. And it's like, that's shitty. But also, it's not like he dated her. Like, she was 21. Maybe he we're was, only minimizing like, in his this. his 30s, like. Okay, maybe we're only minimizing this because of, like, internalized sexism. Like, maybe it wouldn't be minimized if we're talking about, like, a sort of comparable I mean, I think we could do a whole other episode about how I do think that ghosting women is a sexist act. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that if Taylor was coming out and acting – like, if Taylor came out and was like, Jake Gyllenhaal is my abuser and da-da-da, I would feel differently, but – Taylor seems right. like she's just revisiting a time in her life and a messy relationship that she had, and she's making art out of it just yeah, like she did at the time. And um, you can certainly judge Jake Gyllenhaal, but I don't think that we need to. I don't think we need to take him down. <laughs> like, right, right, yeah. I think he's like, oh, he's still like, we don't need you know, an indi- we're allowed in polite society. <laughs> Yeah, I did see. I did see on Duma that that somebody said that they saw Jake and Maggie, and they seem to be doing fine. So we're, we're I, glad I think to he's allowed that. to be doing fine. Like yeah, I think exactly. it's okay. I don't think that Taylor wants him ruined, dead, done. It, that's not the vibe that I got. How much would the internet break if they like podcasted together or something? <gasps> I mean, I'd I'd be listening to that it the moment break. it dropped. Yes, <laughs> it would break. Well, that is our that is our show today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage, and I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.